Welcome aboard the Chris Mathis Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Mathis. Brand new studio across from my co-host, Spencer Mathis. Back here for episode 10 now. Yeah, episode 10. Of the podcast. Pretty cool stuff. Got a lot of great feedback from you guys. And I know it's taken us quite some time to finally get a new studio, but here we are. Great studio location, courtesy of my friend Kenny, who happens to own uh, Mountainside Parcel and Post. Go check yep. them out, Mountainside Parcel and Post on Facebook. Also check out their website, mountainsideparcelandpost.com. And also at one of their locations, they have plenty of locations, they're doing a, a Santa, meet Santa Claus visit this weekend. So uh, Santa! pretty cool stuff. I'll post that in the YouTube description. Either way, yep. uh, big time shout out. Glad to have you guys back here for episode 10. Yeah, it's nice. We're finally out of the closet. We're in a nice little office space. Uh, I'm liking the vibes in here. It smells like bubble gum, which is nice. So I'm ready to record this podcast. Episode 10, baby, the Mac Jones episode. Mac Jones episode. Okay, that kind of is going to prelude me to what we've got going on. But first and foremost, before we dive headfirst into all this stuff, uh, we are talking about our top 10 quarterbacks later on in the program. So don't tune out anytime soon. It's going to be a lot of fun, a little bit of a debate there regarding the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL as of right now. But each and every week, you guys know that we have to kick off the show with, were we wrong? Am I wrong? Again, three straight weeks. I was not wrong, Spence, and I know you're upset about that because you called my hot take the last two weeks. Wait, before we get into Am I Wrong, we have some Urban Meyer news that came out of the Jaguars camp today, ladies and and, uh, gentlemen. Here we go. Here's what Urban Meyer had to say. So Josh Lambeau leaked this news uh, today to NFL reporter Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know how they're in cahoots, but they are. So... Apparently, Urban Meyer walked up to Josh Lambeau, kicked him in the leg, and said, Hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. Okay? So, later on in that same day, this was, I guess, before they cut Josh Lambeau because he was having a bad season. So, you know what? I'm not going to blame Urban Meyer for telling the dipshit to make his kicks because he's not making his kicks, and they signed an IT guy that won him a game against the Bills. So... Uh, later on in that same day, Lambeau asked him what made him so mad. And Urban Meyer responded with, The thing that made me so mad is that you publicly called me out in front of our teammates. Uh, I mean, if you have an issue with me, he said, you can come speak to me in my office personally. If you have an issue with me kicking you, you can speak to me in my office, which makes a ton of sense. I mean, whenever my boss kicks me, I just, you, you can't say anything about it. It's, it's like Hollywood. You got to do what the boss tells you to do, and that's what Josh Lambeau was doing. But he called out his master who kicked him. I don't understand why he did that. So I'm on Urban Meyer's side as usual. I think he's a great guy, great head coach. Uh, he's definitely going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach next season, not Byron Leftwich. But I think it's some interesting stuff. It reminds me of the SNL skit, Will Ferrell, Bad Boss, where he abuses his, uh, his, his staff members. So... Uh, I'm with Urban Meyer. I think I'm siding with him again. What do you have to say about this, Chris? I think that uh, Urban Meyer is an absolute joke. Um, I think that he continues to find his name in our headlines here on the podcast. So it's always yeah. fun to talk about potentially one of the greatest one-and-done head coaches in NFL oh, 100% history. 100% the best. It, yeah, without, without a doubt. I can't think of anyone who's had a more, like, tyrannic, <laughs> yeah. tyrannic type of stint with a, with a team who's going to have to, of course, be let go after this season, even though the Jaguars are better this season than they were last season, a little bit of improvement. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's probably going to be out of there next season, maybe back in college football. Josh Lambeau is the was the NFL kicker for the Jaguars, and he kind of just leaked the story again. Rick Stroud of Tampa Bay Times brought us the story. He's the reporter. He's also the guy that lit up Antonio Brown recently about the uh, vaccination card, the fake vaccination card regarding COVID-19 vaccination. And Rick Stroud was loving all the attention he got there. Some way, somehow, as you alluded to a few moments ago, got in cahoots here with a Jaguars, former Jaguar football player. So something's going on there. Yeah, and and another thing that I saw today was that Kareem Hunt is actively trying to join the Jaguars as their next kicker. We know he's had some situations where he's kicked in the past, so I think that would be a good signing for the Jaguars. He hasn't really done very much for the Browns this year because of injuries, but if he goes to the Jaguars this season with Urban Meyer as the head coach, that is going to be a deadly kicking combo between those two. And we talked a little bit before this whole Urban Meyer spiel about the hot takes, am I wrong? 
we got to go back into that, Spence. And I know that you were trying to avoid the fact that I was right for the third straight week and just hopping in with the Urban Meyer hot or the big news regarding Urban Meyer. But uh, last week I was not wrong. And um, granted, it was somewhat of a reach. It was somewhat of a reach. It was 15 made threes required from Stephen Curry in their game Saturday against Philadelphia against his little brother, Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Would he do it if he hit 16? He broke the NBA all-time record. He didn't do it Saturday. He didn't do it early this week. He didn't do it until Tuesday night against the New York Knicks, and he finally broke the record. But in terms of the hot take, the thing that really matters here the most is I'm right for the third straight week, and if anybody could hit 15 threes in one game, it is Steph Curry, yeah. without question. And we also made a bet, so I'm going to have to take up my five bucks. Well, going back to the bet that you're talking about, what I found out is that accountability is the biggest disability. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that I didn't make that bet and never pay up the $5 because that would be just a bad a bad move on my part to lose $5 when I could just say that I didn't do it and get away with it. Okay, well, we're going to have to find out a way for me to get that $5. But Steph Curry hit 2,974 threes in yeah. his career. Unreal. He's without a doubt going to hit 3,000 in no time. I think 4,000 is realistic. 5,000 would be no. unreal. He'd have to play until he's 40, 42 years old to hit 5,000. But Spencer, uh, talk about your hot take. Were you wrong from last week? Well, my hot take was an electric hot take. The The Bears were going to beat the Packers in my head, but it didn't play out how I saw it. But the Bears played their best game of the season, even though they lost. They did good against a great opponent in the Green Bay Packers, who absolutely owned the Bears 18-3 and over the last 21, now 19-3 and over the last 22. But I think the Bears played their hard outs with Matt Nagy as their head coach. I don't think he's a good head coach. I think if the Bears would have fired Nagy earlier in the season, they'd be a little bit better off than they are now. And maybe even Justin Fields would be better developed because there's a lot of the times where he makes a great play in, outside of the pocket, gets away, and then just throws an absolutely inaccurate, awful pass to a wide open guy. So I think that the hot take wasn't too far off. The Bears lost by less than two touchdowns. I think they played a great game, uh, but I was wrong. Love to hear that. Best three words I hear in a weekly ba- or on a weekly basis. I was wrong, and Spencer wrong once more. It doesn't happen often, so when it does, we have to really live it up, and I don't always get my hot takes right. In fact, I was one for six to start off the season, finally picked up a little bit of traction. and Yeah, you started off like Shaq at the free throw line. Now you're nearing LeBron James' free throw numbers, so you're picking it up a little bit. But will that continue this week with my hot take? No. We'll have to find out. My hot take for this week, Spencer, as things really heat up. Here in our new studio... Pretty awesome, Phil. It's, it's, it's a great it feels relief. Great. It feels great. Yeah, it feels like a great relief in terms of not being at the house, this and that. I feel like we're separate from, you know, home, leisure to recording, work, all that fun stuff, the hobby of podcasting. But this week's hot take for me is the fact that the Indianapolis Colts 7-6 and six will beat the 9-4 and four New England Patriots who have now won seven straight football games. That game is in Indianapolis. So that's why I feel pretty optimistic about it. It's a Saturday game. Uh, When will Mac Jones fail? When will he fall? When will Bill Belichick fall to the ground in terms of losing one game, snapping a seven-game winning streak? I think that happens this week as Carson Wentz, even with the bad ankles, does his thing on Saturday and picks up a win. Two-and-a-half-point favorite here uh, in this game, the Indianapolis Colts. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. Really? Yeah. That makes no sense. That's got to change by Saturday. There's no way. Maybe there's something to do with the whole situation with COVID and players testing because over 75 players have tested and will not play unless they test two consecutive negatives and within a 24-hour period. Yeah. So, and and teams that play on Saturday are kind of screwed. They really have to have those two negative tests back-to-back, like right now. Yep. So my hot take this week is that the Los Angeles Chargers will defeat... The Kansas City Chiefs tonight, Thursday night football, by a score of 38 to 27. And the reason I'm picking the Los Angeles Chargers to win this game is because Justin Herbert has been on an absolute tear over the last month. And if we were going off the last month of football, he's been a top three quarterback in the NFL. We'll get into that later. But if the Chargers win this game, they are going to be first in the AFC West. They're going to go past the Chiefs. They are better in the AFC this season. So I think the Chargers are going to win tonight against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game. But I think 
Justin Herbert's just going to outduel him tonight. Uh, he's had a great last month. November was great for him. So far in December, he's played good. And I've got the Chargers in this game taking over the AFC West on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, you talk about Herbert having a killer last month, last four or five games. He has had a great season overall, even after somewhat of a slow start in his sophomore yeah. season. Uh, you're looking at 30 pass touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 3,822 yards passing. That's, That's super good. Insane. Yeah. I mean, sophomore what is that? Quarterback. Seven touchdowns behind Brady. Same amount of interceptions. I think that's a pretty good season. Uh, I think that he has worse weapons than Brady as well. So Herbert's a very good quarterback, and I'm looking forward to seeing his future. But hopefully he can sure up his release a little bit, make it a little bit faster over the coming years like all the other good quarterbacks did. Speaking of quarterbacks, you led us right into our next segment, one that you wanted to talk about. And and you said debate with me over. I don't know if there's going to be much debate with my picks. I think that I'm going to be right. I'm pretty hard to steer clear of. You know my decision, unless you say, "Hey, here's why this or that." But with that, our no matter top what you 10, say, I'm going to debate you and tell you you're wrong, even our, if it's the same yeah, as mine. Top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, get this, folks. We're we're revealing this right now on the podcast to each other. We have not once previewed each other's list. Now, Spencer, uh, before we name our top ten NFL quarterbacks, talk about the criteria. Are we talking five years down the road? Are we talking about, hey, we're going to build a franchise with this guy? Are we talking the last two years plus this year? Are we talking right now? As of this is right a, now, this is a recency bias kind of thing. I'm I'm talking about this season that we're currently in, and a little bit of last season, if you want to go back that far. But it's up. To, it's really your own criteria for who you think the top ten quarterbacks in the league are right now. So starting off with my list, my top ten quarterbacks: number one, Tom Brady; number two, Aaron Rodgers. That's one A, one B for me. Number three, Josh Allen, because of his his ability to run is just such a good thing to have considering he's such a good passer as well he can throw the ball super far Mahomes at four uh, Stafford at five Herbert at six Kyler Murray at seven uh, Russell Wilson at eight Dak Prescott at nine and Joe Burrow at ten and two quarterbacks that you might be wondering where they're at are Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr so the reason I don't have Lamar Jackson in here is because he's not a great pocket passer and I think he's not going to do good in the playoffs ever because of that, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to become a better passer if he wants to be in my top ten, and that's that's gonna be difficult for him to do because I'm very hard on these quarterbacks, and Lamar Jackson's gonna have to get way better to be in the most important top ten in the entire world that I just said. And another guy that you might be wondering, hmm, where's Derek Carr? He's second in the league this year in passing yards, but the man cannot handle pressure, and that's been a thing throughout his career. Uh, Tyron Matthew called him out earlier in the season before he played the Chiefs, and they absolutely dismantled him. I think he threw three interceptions and one touchdown. So Derek Carr didn't crack my top 10 list. Uh, My top 10 once again, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Stafford, Justin Herbert at 6, Murray at 7, Russell Wilson at 8, Dak Prescott at 9, and Joe Burrow at 10. Russell Wilson at 7 might shock some people because he hasn't played very much this season, but I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, I don't really think it's his fault that they suck so bad, but he has not had his best season. I'll go off that, but those are my top 10. Let's hear yours. First of all, where's Mac Jones? As of right now, not top 10. How is Mac Jones not top 10 as of now? The guy's he's playing. He's not. He's not top 10 because he just he's a check down Charlie. Okay, he's what about not. how is Russell still, what do you have him at, 8 or 9? 7. Okay. Kind of explain that. I know he's not got the best so receiving the, crew, but he's Seahawks got DK defense. Metcalf. Yeah. The Seahawks defense is bottom two in the league. They are awful this season. And he does not have the same amount of opportunities as other quarterbacks have had. He's only been back for three weeks. His first couple of games were really good. They were decent. They were still in the running. Then Geno Smith came in, steered the ship into a gigantic cliff, and they crashed. The team got lost their heart. It was kind of like the Goonies, except they hit the side of the Russell Wilson comes back to to a shitty team. Pete Carroll's an awful coach. He's in a poor situation, but I just I think he's better than Mac Jones. I think he's better than I think he's better than Carr, and I think he's better than Lamar Jackson. So that's why he's in my top ten. Okay, I would agree on the Lamar Jackson aspect of that. Lamar yeah. is not in my top ten either. I know a lot of you uh, flashy football fans that really are he's, all about. Okay, so if this was a fun to watch thing, he'd be top five. He's fun he's to probably, watch. Yeah, he would be yeah. top five. Fun to watch. I think Patrick Mahomes would be top three. Rogers. Rogers top three. Brady's aspect of yeah, no. dialing in on a two-minute warning, maybe, but 
Not really in terms of electrifying. All right, let's unless hear he scrambles. 10. My top ten, number one, is consensus between both of us. Uh, Tom Brady one, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers at two. Okay. Herbert at three, mm-hmm. as of now. Justin Herbert at three. Okay. His numbers are staggering yeah. for a sophomore. We just talked about him. Uh, number four, I've got Matthew Stafford, and okay. I think that he could have been five or six, but after no, seeing what he did this fine. past this past weekend, I thought he played really well. Yeah, this is a recency bias kind of thing, so. I, he he definitely moved up mine as well. Yeah, I, I think that before this past weekend, he was probably Eight. six or seven for yeah. me. But uh, after seeing him make some crazy throws, him and Cooper Cup are just next level. I mean, I mean, Cooper Cup in the slot is going to destroy any linebacker or safety he's going against. And you really can't put a cornerback on him because then you're taking off Robert Woods or you're taking off Higby because a lot of teams will try and match up a cornerback or a safety on Higby if he's playing. Of course, he had COVID last week and they still beat the Cardinals, but keep going. My bad. So, yeah, so Matthew Stafford at four, five, Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. again, I'm not a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. You guys have heard me with the slander on the podcast, but this guy is not playing his best football right now. Um, and he's still... Top five for me. Mm-hmm. He's just on the brink, right at that top five. I've got Josh Allen at number six. Mm. I think those could alternate depending on the week, but as of now, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Josh Allen at six, Patrick Mahomes at five, number seven. I've got Kyler Murray. I think we hit the yeah. same spot there at number seven. Kyler made some insane throws there the other night, um, and he's still injured. So I he's against only the Rams, be yeah. yeah, he played really well against the Rams. I've got Joe Burrow a little high, but again, I think that we haven't really seen his full potential yet. Uh, he still seems to be banged up almost every other week, kind of yeah. getting knickknacks here and there. He's number eight for me. Joe Burrow at number eight. Dak Prescott, not my favorite quarterback by yeah, any I means. Had, I had I to, to throw him, him in, there. in there. I had to. I just felt like it. You have to put him in there, but I just, I it it, it was a struggle for me to put him in there honestly because I just don't think he's that good. Yeah, and I was kind of debating between Dak or Russell, and I've seen Russell play, and I know his team's not the greatest, but Russell has really looked bad to me this year. Number 10, I got Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. No Russell Wilson? No Russell Wilson, top 10. As of now. And I think that when Russell leaves after this year, Russell will go back. Who knows? He might play for the Buccaneers. He might play for a true contender. And he's going to look like... probably play for the Broncos. The ultimate MVP. If I had to guess. But I think that Josh Allen is a little low in your list. Number 6, I think he's definitely played better than Mahomes this season. And... Going even back to last season, he played better than Mahomes. So I think Josh Allen is better. I also think Stafford should be a little bit lower on your list. But who was your number four and three? Who was three and four? Four was Stafford, three was Herbert. Okay, yeah. So I think I think Allen should be three, Herbert four, Stafford five. That's how I I'm glad you think that. Yeah. Because that's your list. No, no, <laughs> because you have to remember that my opinion is always correct. Um, and yours is most of the time wrong. So that's going to be... I think you have to keep in mind. Although we do disagree here on the top 10 quarterbacks. I'll it was run close, through it. though. It was close. I'll run through it again for us not collaborating whatsoever before the recording of this podcast. On the Chris Mathis podcast, our top 10 quarterback, Spence, fire yours off if you can. Uh, regarding your top 10, real quick, like... Number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. One, that's 1A, 1B. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Patrick Mahomes. Number five, Stafford. Number six, Justin Herbert. Number seven, Kyler Murray, just like you. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number nine, Dak Prescott. And number 10, Joe Burrow. Flip the coin to the correct side of things. Number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Three, Justin Herbert. Four, Matthew Stafford, which again... Two weeks ago, he's not number four for me. Number five, Patrick Mahomes, because we have yet to see the best Patrick Mahomes as of now. He's gonna yeah, I think he's gonna put it together. Yeah, he's about to put it together. Uh, Josh Allen has played very well. I will say this: I think we've seen the best of Josh Allen this year. He might stay at this rate, but I don't think that he's gonna get exponentially better by the end of the year. Kyler Murray at seven. We both agree on that. Eight, Joe Burrow. I like his potential. I think that eight's probably too high. I think yeah, it might be. But you're also putting Mac Jones in the top ten. I might. I might. I could argue that I could swap, you know, Burrow to nine, Prescott to to uh, eight, or or Jones at eight. I think Burrow at nine. I think Prescott would be okay 10. if you just had Russell Wilson in it. I just think you're missing him, and that's why you had to sneak in little Mac Jones in there. No, I, I kind of like Mac Jones, I but like you said, I thought he was going to be high on your list. To yeah, be honest with you, really, I really did. Wow. So, like you said, if this was a two-sided coin, I would be tails because tails never fails, and you'd be heads, of course, because you're wrong. Well, what we'll have to do is, down below, if you're on Spotify, because Spotify yeah. is by far the premium podcasting video recording. video on there now as well. Not only just the video, like the YouTube, it's even better quality. And a poll. But we have polls. In fact, we had several votes on our poll from last week, the stash is back. 
Uh, 14% of you thought that Trevor Lawrence's rookie year exceeded expectations. 43% of you said playing as expected. Okay. And 43% said disappointing. And that was before his week that he had this week. We'll keep going. Four picks. So either way, what we're going to do is we're going to list option A, Spencer's top 10 quarterbacks. Option B, Chris's top 10 quarterbacks. And uh, what we'll do is we'll put it in the description, the quarterback's uh, first initial, last name. That way you guys know in case you're... You know, driving down the road and can't recall who the quarterbacks were. But Spotify, check us out. Three, the Chris Mathis podcast. I wanted to hop into the next thing, three, because we're talking oh, yeah. about the big three. That's something that we both can agree on. And that's something that we talk about each and every week, talking about uh, three key games for this week. And I, I've got it written down. New Orleans plays at Tampa Bay. Can yeah, Tom let's, Brady let's talk about that one first. get the monkey off the back? And we all know that Tom Brady beat the Saints last year in the game that mattered the most. But regular season, Sean Payton, yeah. Taysom Hill, yeah, Jameis Winston. Kevin James now. Yeah, they all have Tom. I don't know if it's a – well, it is a Bucks thing. It's all They all have the Bucks. They've always yeah. had the Bucks uh, since probably 2006 or seven. Ever since Brees, honestly. Yeah, shout out to Drew Brees. Uh, but – not you can take that how you want. Great shout out, bad shout out, either way. Uh, but Tom Brady has not had great luck against the New Orleans Saints. I think they've lost. Let's see, two, three consecutive yeah, regular least. season matchups with the Saints with Tom Brady. And before that, I want to say it was six straight yeah. that the Bucks have lost to the Saints. So in the regular season, of course, in the regular season, uh, big matchup. It's in Tampa. Tampa Bay, arguably the best team at home this year. Score over thirty points in every home game. Undefeated, at home. undefeated at home. I think I think they get it done. I think that the Saints still give us a scare with Taysom Hill, even though I don't yeah. buy into Taysom Hill. I still am scared of the X factor. Oh yeah, because the QB runs with Taysom Hill. Like QB power is so good with him. Whenever they have a fullback in the backfield, and then you also have the threat of Kamara coming out of the backfield as a receiver. So I think that that's a pretty scary offense if they run it correctly against the Bucks defense. I think they have a chance at beating us, of course, but continue, my bad. So Buccaneers 10-3 and right now, first place. Saints are in third at 6-7 and seven after a year last year where they were a, a playoff football yeah. team. They lose Drew Brees, who made some ill comments on Twitter the other day about the Bucks and whatnot yeah, and, and all of that. But anyways, the Bucks an 11-point favorite at home. Sunday night football game. Mm-hmm. Big time matchup. I will say this: Tom Brady does struggle, and you kind of brought up the fact of the night against the Bills. Brady struggles when the sun goes down and it gets dark. He gets, yeah. I don't know what what was the term you said the other day. He has dementia. Dementia. Does Tom Brady have to? <laughs> that's probably not a good uh, joke to throw around. But uh, seriously though, if you watch Tom Brady, other than the Super Bowl in which he played well, he's not a good quarterback right now when it when it comes dark. The yeah. first half he lit it up against the Bills. It was still daylight. Then that sun dropped. That was it. Yeah. So talking about the Saints and Bucks game on Sunday at 8 p.m., not good for Brady. So we'll go back to the Bills game first. So Brady, of course, like you said, lit it up in the first half. Then God turned off the lights and it was dark outside. The lights at Raymond James Stadium came on for the second half, and he sucked. And then we went into overtime. He finally woke up a little bit, and he threw a game-winning touchdown to Brashad Perryman. So I've got the Bucks winning in this game just because I want the Bucks to win, so I'm picking the Bucks. But I think this is going to be a very close game. Kevin Kevin James is the head coach for the Saints, as we've all seen the new trailer for the Kevin James uh, Sean Payton movie that's coming out in February, a Netflix original. So if DVDs were still a thing, this would be going straight to DVD because no one's going to watch it. But I think the Bucks are going to win this game. And I don't know if Brady's going to have a great game. I think it's going to be the Leonard Fournette show because Sleepy Tom, just like Sleepy Joe is not good at nighttime and he gets tired and he kind of sh- his body shuts off but I think the Bucks are going to win this game. I think Leonard Fournette has a big game and I've got the Bucks by a touchdown. Leonard Fournette trying to uh, prove that he's a number one back in the NFL, having a great year this year. Uh, number two on our big three for this weekend. Big th- oh, okay. We've got Chiefs at Chargers. Big AFC matchup. Spence, I'll let you take this away. I know that you handpicked this game, this matchup. Talk about this matchup here. And, and you also said it was a hot take for you as well. Yeah, this is a huge matchup. This is for first place in the AFC West. You have Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert, two of top five quarterbacks on my list, of course, the most important list in the league. But I've got Justin Herbert and the Chargers destroying the Chiefs this week, tonight on Thursday Night Football. I've got the Chargers by 10 
37-27 to 27 against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Herbert's going to continue his great last eight-game stretch of the season and maybe even sneak into that MVP candidate uh, talk for the end of the season because Brady's playing in a couple of night games the rest of the season. He, he might fall asleep and he might take his foot off the gas pedal while he's sleep driving and you know, he might crash. So Herbert still has a chance to win the MVP at this point, especially if he has a huge game to take over as first place in the AFC West against the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. Chargers are a three-point underdog at home against the Chiefs, which baffles me. I know the Chiefs have won six straight. Yeah, I think that's good. Their defense is the picking best it up. Now. Yeah, I, I don't Over know the what last happened. Five, they're the they're the best defense. Even Sorensen's getting in on interceptions. Yeah. He had a pick six yeah. what, last weekend or the week yeah. before. Two so. weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So our third item on. Wait, who the, did you have? I think it's pretty odd. You got to go with the home team, the Chargers. Okay, that's my guess. Uh, third item on our big three: Patriots at Colts. You guys know how I feel about that one. I got the Colts winning in Indianapolis pulling off the upset or no they are projected to win they're projected to win this game at home I think they do so uh, which in reality with how the teams are playing right now I don't know how the Colts are favorited yeah really I mean the Colts struggled a little bit against the Bucks two weeks ago Patriots are on a hot streak right now Mac Jones is doing everything he can to creep up into the top 10 quarterback list across the nation. He's mm. he's knocking on the outside door for you. He's at number 11 13. at least. Number 13. Oh, wow, it's pretty low. So, Spence, how do you feel about this game? Everybody knows how I feel about this Patriots-Colts well, game on Saturday. Before that, I heard this was your hot take. I had the Colts in this game. And then I remembered that you've been correct three times in a row, and there's no way you're going to be correct four times in a row. So I've got macaroni and cheese for the New England Patriots having a big game against the Colts defense. I think Darius Leonard is going to give up a touchdown pass to a Patriots running back over the head uh, at the goal line. I've already seen inside of my crystal ball that I have here to my right, just off camera, that you cannot see. So I've got the Patriots winning this game against the Colts on Saturday at 8-something p.m. I think that's going to be a great game. I'm happy that we're having Saturday games because, I mean, who watches Saturday football in the first place? I mean, college? Eh. So I've got the Patriots winning this game by a touchdown. I okay. think that'll be a great game, though. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, you talk no about more weeks. Colts are favorited. Patriots are the underdog, even though they've won seven straight. There's no way. The guy that did the rankings or the spread for this despises Mac Jones, Yeah, despises Bill Belichick, either or. It doesn't really matter. Uh, player of the week was something that I had to really weigh on, and, and I thought about it for maybe two seconds as to who my player of the week was. And I think it's very well deserved regarding Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings running back. 11 days before he dominated this past weekend, uh, he had 205 rush yards this weekend, two touchdowns on the ground, 17 receiving yards, 11 days following his left shoulder being dislocated. I don't know how the guy came back that quick, first of all, number one. I don't know how he came back and took a full workload. I don't know how he came back and was the workhorse in that game for the Vikings. 205 rushing yards. I don't know if three running backs that could go out there when they're 100% right now in the league that could run for 205 yards. Dalvin Cook, my player of the week. Spence, who you got and why? Well, this week for player of the week, I've got Jakeem Grant of the Chicago Bears. I think... Who? Jakeem Grant. Okay. I think he he played great. He did play good. He had a touchdown reception of 48 yards. The only punt return touchdown of the season 98 yards looked a lot like a former punt returner slash kick returner for the Chicago Bears that was also a decent subpar receiver I think that they are pretty similar in their speed and I think that was a good trade for the Bears even though their season was over before they even traded for him but Jakeem Grant had a great game the only punt return of the season and that is why he is my player of the week and I think that you obviously weighed in on your decision with the fact that your hot take was the Bears were going to beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. They almost did it as a courtesy of Grant. He had a great game, yeah. uh, but just fell short. And I tried to get a hold of one of our friends, Dr. Jacob Sturton uh, with Union General Orthopedic Sports Medicine, a trained sports surgeon who has worked with athletes at all levels, high school, collegiately, recreational in terms of their injuries, in terms of rehab, in terms of how they can rehab a player, an athlete, how they can Mm -hmm. uh, work through things, what this injury 
you know, leads to? Is this an injury that comes down to, hey, if you do this to your shoulder, it's going to lead to bad arm problems? Or, hey, if you roll your ankle, you're going to have an issue with your ACL because you're having to put too much on your ACL, vice versa. Well, I was unable to get a hold of Jacob Sturt because I've got technical issues here on the podcast. We've got to get some better. It sounds cheesy, but we've got to get some better cords um, yeah, no joke. Blame it on the cords. I'm blaming it on the cords, but Dr. Jacob Sturton will be on the podcast. He wanted to dive in regarding the Dalvin Cook injury and how he came back after dislocating his shoulder 11 days later playing in an NFL football game at running back, one of the most physical positions in the NFL, 205 rush yards, dominate and look just fine. So we'll talk with Dr. Jacob Sturton here on the podcast in the coming weeks and throughout the, throughout the show, I was going to say season with this being episode 10, do we go ahead and start season two? You know what? I'll go ahead and sum up how Dalvin Cook had such a good game. It's called Toradol, Toradol, and it is a drug that NFL players use to get through pain that ends up hurting them later on in life, and a lot of them may end up committing suicide because they have these problems. So that is probably how Dalvin Cook dealt with that injury so fast because that is probably not – you're not supposed to come back that quick and do that. So he was definitely on some pain medication that the NFL prescribed to him, and that is what I'm going to chalk it up to. Uh, Dr. Certain, if you are hearing this, uh, please reach out to me or Chris and tell me what you think of this opinion, because it is correct. And uh, again, those are the words of Spencer, Savage Spence 88, not Dr. Certain. So that's no official uh, summary or look at Dalvin Cook's comeback after dislocating his left shoulder uh, just, well, I guess, 13 days ago and playing uh, this past weekend. Now, we do select a rookie of the week, and we've given this guy a lot of hate, a lot of slander, and I've kind of rolled this way for the past couple of weeks. Who's the guy that we pick on, for good reason, it's earned, that balled out? And for me this Trevor week... Trevor Lawrence. He, he balled out for the other team, four interceptions. Uh, but for for me this week, our rookie of the week, or my rookie of the week, Houston Texan quarterback Davis Mills. 331 yards passing against Seattle. One pass touchdown, 33 of 49 pass attempts were completed. Davis Mills has looked awful this year. He's had one, well, he had one other game where he had 300 yards, but the rest of the way, he looked awful. He was deemed the starter for the remainder of the season heading into Sunday's game this past weekend. He bought out 331 yards, one touchdown, 33 completed passes out of 49. And uh, they did lose to Seattle, but he did his part. Again, they don't have anything to work with there in Houston other than Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, and I mean, that's it. So Davis Mills is my rookie of the week, Houston Texan quarterback in place of Deshaun. Yeah, I think that was a good choice by the Texans to make Davis Mills the new take commander for the rest of the season because he gives the team the best chance at losing games. Um, Tyrod Taylor might pick up a couple of wins as the as the quarterback so Davis Mills with his neck might be a good decision to start if you want to get a better draft pick I think he played great in the first half a lot like your pick last week with uh, Zach Wilson I think he played great the first half he had 15 completions in a row at one point and then I don't know what happened to him in the second half I think his head coach said hey you're playing a little bit too good you're paying above you're playing above your pay grade at the moment and he ended up just not having a good second half so I think it's a decent pick, but my player of the week is my rookie of the week, excuse me, is Micah Parsons, the rookie for the Dallas Cowboys. I think you've picked him two or three times this season. I mean, he's going to win rookie of the year on the defensive side of the football, and he might even win defensive player of the year at this point. Uh, he had two sacks and a forced fumble. I think he is a great talent considering he moved from linebacker to defensive end midway through the season, really, and he already has 13 sacks, I think. <laughs> so I think he's going to be a great player in this league with his speed and his combination of coverage ability as well. I mean, he's he's a hybrid linebacker. He's a true hybrid linebacker, and I'm looking forward to his future, but he is my player of the week, rookie of the week. Once again, that is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I did pick him as my rookie of the week probably four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you talk about I not he one. he was your first rookie of the week, too. He may have been not two, not three, not four. Not five. I'm not surprised that this guy did what LeBron James wanted to do with championships uh, with the Miami Heat. This guy might win five or six player or rookie of the weeks uh, with you know our podcast yeah. by the end of the season. This guy's got it three different times now. Can he do it three more times in the next what six weeks? I think it's doable. Five yeah. or six weeks. Yeah, he's got a chance. One of my favorite segments, and obviously, you listeners, no matter where you're from. 
what demographic you guys are from, what you're listening on, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You guys love the Shane Karuski segment, and I think there's a good reason for it, too. Not only is it fun, but it's also backed by a great company and Drippin' Ice, forget the G, that's thedrippinice.com. Go check out the crewnecks, the hoodies that just came out, I guess, about a month ago. There's still limited selection. Seven cone hoodies. Seven not cone. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not eight. But seven cones. On Lucky the seven. TheDrippinIce.com is the website for you. Hey, it's Christmas time. Go buy a gift. Uh, my grandmother swears by it. We see it all the time. We see stuff out in public all the time regarding the Drippin' Ice. Mm-hmm. And their logo there on the shoulder is just, or on their, their sleeve is sick. It's great. The little ice cream it's cone. It's exquisite. But they do bring it's sublime. us the Shank Ruski segment each and every week. This week we picked things up in the NFL. I don't know what it had to do with. I have no idea if it was the weather. I have no idea if... Kickers just thought, hey, let's let's try to be a little bit more professional this week because yeah. we heard what happened to Josh Lambeau mm-hmm. of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The kickers only missed 11 kicks total this week. Uh, five of those were extra points. Six of those were field goals. So we're late. We're, we're near, what, three-fourths of the way through the season, yeah. Spence. What do you accredit the recent success for NFL kickers? I know they get paid to do this, but they only missed 11 this week. Three weeks ago, they missed 22. I think they're just trying to be more accurate for the fans. I think... They played a game on the fans at the early part of the season, made a lot of teams lose on purpose so that they'll get paid more in the future. And if I'm having to pick a kicker of the week, which this is not, my kicker of the week would be Urban Meyer. I think he did a great job <laughs> kicking Josh Lambeau. But uh, that was, I think the kickers are just stepping it up finally uh, this late in the season because the games matter now. So, yeah, you talk about Urban Meyer. You could have also said Josh Lambeau for the fact that he's a kicker and got kicked, unfortunately. Feel really bad. That's a that's a joke of a head coach right there. But um, I think that my, my uh, Shane Karuski, Shank Award kick winner for this week, goes out to Seattle's kicker, Jason Myers. Even though yeah. they won the game, he missed two extra points yeah. in a game in which, yeah, they're, they're going to win. They were up you know, a decent amount, but he still missed two extra points the easiest kick in all football. They were the home team, too. I believe they were the home team. And he still missed all of his kicks. So uh, we got to give a shout-out to Jason Myers. No, it's even worse because the Texans were the home team, and they're That's playing in right. a dome. Indoors. <laughs> That's right, yep. Indoors, and he missed two extra points. I don't know if he heard the boos regarding the Texans and their fans or what, but it yeah. really – and they were booing the Texans, not him, not you know the what? Seattle Seahawks. He might have been looking at the Texans bench and got sidetracked by Davis Mills' long neck. He's, he was thinking to himself, is that a giraffe over there? And it was not. And he missed two extra points because of it. And it didn't cost his team the game. Spence, you want to throw in our uh, oh yeah Stooge of the Week? We've got a new segment, baby. This week's Stooge of the Week, Absolute Stooge, who is just disappointing my favorite head coach in the NFL. His name is Trevor Lawrence. Okay, He is the first NFL quarterback, besides Jameis Winston, of course, to play football blind. He threw two interceptions to linebackers that were right in front of him. He threw two more interceptions to cornerbacks that was basically double covering a receiver in uh, Marvin Jones. So my Stooge of the Week, our first Stooge of the Week, the award goes to Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is single-handedly costing my favorite head coach, Urban Meyer, his job in Jacksonville because the guy wants to throw four interceptions in a game. I think that there needs to be a little bit more accountability in that franchise, especially in their kicker, Josh Lambeau, who needs to be making his kicks. And I think after Urban Meyer kicked Lambeau in the legs, maybe Urban Meyer can punch Josh, I mean, not Josh Allen, excuse me, I wish it was Josh Allen. Maybe he can punch Trevor Lawrence in the arm, get his arm going, maybe make some better decisions or something. I don't know. But he is my Stooge of the Week. Once again, that is Trevor Lawrence, T-R-E-V-O-R-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E. Trevor Lawrence, Great job, Stooge of the Week. Yeah, I can't argue with that, but I am shocked by your Stooge of the Week because I think there was a great Stooge of the Week honorable mention right there. Who? The Las Vegas Raiders, before the game against the Chiefs, went out and oh, yeah. danced on their logo That's in Stooges Kansas City. Of the week. That's a whole Stooge squad. That's the Stooge squad of the week. Once again, the Stooge squad of the week is the Las Vegas Raiders. Like you were saying, they <laughs> went to midfield on the Chiefs' field, Arrowhead Stadium, celebrated, stomped on the... F- on the freaking logo, danced around before game, and then ended up trailing twenty-eight to nothing. 
15 minutes into the game. So, yeah, stooges of the week right there. And they went on to lose 48-9. to And it's because they don't have their head coach, John Gruden. I mean, who could have arguably been a stooge of the week if we yeah. would have done this segment no, I think, weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, we talk about fantasy football here on the podcast, and I've hit big on probably half of mine. I've been pretty accurate on half of mine. The other half have just not struck in gold for you guys, and I'm disappointed because... I back my word. Whoever I mention is somebody that I picked up. So last week, I picked up Elijah Moore for the Jets. Two days later, the guy gets put on the IR yeah. with a quad injury. And you remember what I said? What you say? Good luck finding him. Yeah, he was he was rostered in 77% yep. of the league. But, but I knew he was going to be put on the IR, Chris. I knew it. And he was. But he does have a chance to return. So if he's available in two or three weeks, pick him up. Fantasy football. But he's not this week's To The Moon Fantasy Pickup of the Week for you guys. For me, this week, it's Ravens running back. Devontae Freeman, and I know that's a trigger word for you Falcons fans that just, you know, yeah. shake over there, uh, upset, itch all over the place because of the fact that Devontae Freeman missed a key block for On you guys Hightower to in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. But lead. Devontae Freeman, I'm not going to say he's revitalized his career, but he now he has. he has a purpose yeah. with the Ravens. He actually serves a role, and of course you've got a quarterback that also runs the ball like a running back. That really helps because now they're not Even just the worried. As well, the they're not just keyed back. in on the running back anymore. They have to worry about the running back, the quarterback scrambling with the football too. Mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman is a guy to pick up. He's not owned in many of the leagues. I was able to pick him up. He's projected 13.9 this week against a Green Bay defense. who Decent front seven. But uh, either way, he's projected 13.9. He's available this late in the year. Fantasy football playoff push. And I can guarantee, I would put money on it, that you guys have somebody with illness. They failed the COVID test. This is your guy to pick up Ravens running back, Devontae Freeman. Yeah, the Omicron variant is killing these NFL players right now. But last week I told you guys to go out there, pick up Taysom Hill. I said, you know what? Taysom Hill is going to go out there. He's going to put up 25 points plus. He ended up putting up 26. And I don't think I've been wrong on one of these pickup player of the weeks besides my first one in Taylor Heineke when he failed me back in week three. But this week, my pickup player of the week is the running back for the Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskin. I think he's going to have a great game against the New York Jets. And anytime I see a running back or a receiver going against the Jets, I like to pick him up. And it's worked out. Last week, I saw a running back, Taysom Hill, going against the Jets. And I chose him. I said he was going to get 26. He did it. So this week, Miles Gaskins is estimated to get 15. That's what they're projecting him to have. I think he's going to do it. I think I already picked him up in my only league that I made the playoffs in out of the two in Sleeper. I didn't know I was going to make the playoffs, but I'm playing Rob Gronkowski, uh, which is the owner of Dripping Ice. That is Cole Wright. And he's going to be prepared to lose. He's going to listen to this podcast as his team falls down to the depths of hell against my team, who is six and 6-8 versus the 8-6 and six. Bonkowski's. I think that you probably slept on your team on Sleeper App. Some yeah, way, somehow. Sleeper cell. Some way, somehow, you made the playoffs. I don't know how. Yep. Uh, I have no further comment regarding that fantasy football league. No further comment. We're going to leave it at that. But Dead last. Last week. What was that? Oh, cut off his mic. So last week, uh, we talked about our new name. I guess you could call it for the new segment because we're trying to go through this thing quicker than usual because you guys don't want to sit there for 15 minutes and hear our NFL pick. So we're calling this the Lightning Lightning Round. Right here on the Chris Mathis Podcast as we pick all of our NFL games. We're going to flash through them, even if we've already mentioned them earlier in this episode. Oh, yeah. Starting off with Thursday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers Mm -hmm. in L.A. I've got the Chargers winning this game at home. Yeah, I've got the Chargers 37-27 to taking over the AFC West. And Justin Herbert strengthening his case for MVP of the National Football League. He's got a chance to win it versus Tom Brady if Tom Brady falls asleep during the Saints game on Sunday night football at 8 o'clock. So Saturday night football, that's a thing this week, mm-hmm. guys. Late in the year. Uh, we're no looking more bye weeks, baby. No middle of the way weeks. through uh, December. Cleveland Browns will host the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are a a one-and-a-half point favorite. Baker Mayfield is more than likely out of this game due to testing positive. Uh, The Raiders are a a one-and-a-half point favorite. Who's going to be the backup there? That's the question for the Browns. Do you have any idea who? Oh, oh, come on, Chris. It's Case Keenum. Oh, man. Case Keenum, baby. In that case, 
I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Browns win. Yeah. As soon as I heard Case Keenum was going to start, I chose the Browns. And this is what Case Keenum had to say earlier today when he was being interviewed. He said, having a full Chubb back there is going to be really good. And he's talking about Nick Chubb, not what else, you, not probably what you were thinking about when I said having a full Chubb back there. But he's got Nick Chubb behind him with a full Chubb ready to go against the Las Vegas Raiders, the Stooges of the week. And I think Chubb is going to dice through that defense and absolutely go straight through him, run through an MFer's face like Marshawn Lynch used to do. And I think the Browns and Case Keenum are going to beat the Raiders. There we go. And I'm kind of yep. I'm with you on that. As soon as I heard that Baker Mayfield was out, who you said is a great value Gardner Minshew last week. Yeah. Um, I like I like the Browns in this game. And also, before we continue with the lightning round last week, again, ten and four. That's two straight weeks. I'm ten and four. What? Ever. Yep. Uh, you did have a better week, 8-6 and six overall. Yeah. Uh, but better than last week. That's all we're searching for here on the podcast, Spence. Keep it up. I believe in yeah. you. Yeah. So continuing with Saturday Night Football, the Colts host the Patriots again. Colts are a two-and-a-half point favorite, even though the Patriots have won seven straight games. I do have the Colts winning this game, which take the line away. In my opinion, that's an upset if the Colts win this game. Yeah, I've got the Patriots winning this game. I think you're wrong, of course. I think Mac Jones is going to have a decent game. He's obviously going to win Rookie of the Year totally uh, over Jamar Chase at this point. I think Chase has really taken his foot off the gas pedal, not the same speedy receiver we saw in the beginning of the season. He's looking more like the guy we were talking about in the preseason where he was dropping passes that lead to interceptions, and that's happened a lot recently for Joe Burrow, who leads the league in interceptions right now, which is crazy. But I've got the New England Patriots defeating the Indianapolis Colts Saturday around 11 p.m. Okay, time guaranteed everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. That'll lead us into Sunday's game. And we'll start it off with the New Orleans Saints going to Tampa to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are an 11-point favorite uh, with Taysom Hill at quarterback for the Saints. I'm still worried. 11 points is a stretch for me. I still think the Bucks win, but I think this is more or less a five- or six-point game. Tampa wins. Taysom Hill is scary. Bucks tend to not do so hot against the average quarterback. Yeah, I've got the Bucks winning in this game. I don't think Brady's going to have his best game, as we alluded to earlier. I think Taysom Hill's going to have a good game running the football, but he has not really proven that he can throw a football a lot like Baker Mayfield, who can't really throw a, p- a pass down the field if he's not running a play action with his head fake. So he is not a great quarterback, neither is Taysom Hill. So I've got the Buccaneers defense, which is doing really good as of recent. They lead the league in sacks over the last five games. Uh, and pressures and quarterback hits because of Devin White. So I've got the Bucks winning this game by seven. Seven and six. Speaking of seven, seven and six, Buffalo Bills host the five and eight Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Bills a ten and a half point favorite. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I, I think that anybody that watches football, even Steven, knows that that's pretty accurate. Even Steven's child oh, of bluff. I've got the Bills by 15 take the over in this one because Josh Allen's about to light up that Carolina D period so we talked about my fantasy football team being in last place I'm in a game called the consolidated consolidated bracket toilet bowl yeah we have a toilet bowl game this Sunday as the Jacksonville Jaguars host the Houston Texans 2 and 11 Texans at 2 and 11 Jaguars I think Urban Meyer wants more attention I think he comes out here and picks up his third win as head coach at Jacksonville. And uh, I think that they will prevail. This is a game, in my opinion, that Trevor Lawrence has to prove that he's the number one overall pick. Yeah, I think as long as Urban Meyer can beat his kickers in a submission by Sunday at 1 at one p.m., I think the Jaguars are going to win this game. Maybe give uh, Trevor Lawrence a couple of punches after his comments about James Robinson that he had a couple weeks ago. I think he needs to also be punished by Urban Meyer. I think... Uh, Urban Meyer's running a great communist football team over there, and I've got the Jaguars winning this game, and Urban Meyer picking up his third ever NFL win to beat the Jaguars record of last year. Two different N- or AFC situations here for the Tennessee Titans, first in the AFC South, and fourth place Pittsburgh Steelers, fourth in the AFC North. Now, Steelers are a home team. It's tough to play at Heinz Field. Titans are a two-point favorite. This, I, I don't know. I think that the Titans are good, even without Derrick Henry, no doubt. Yeah. But is this a game which is winnable for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think it is. I think that the Steelers win this game. Yeah, I've got Tennessee in this game. I think this is going to finally be the season where Tomlin does not 
uh, go above 500 for the first time in his career. He's been a great head coach over time. And you're looking at the future Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach whenever Bruce Arians retires. So I'm going to pick the Titans in this game just to sure up his chances of getting fired. Lions head coach Dan Campbell will host the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, Campbell and his team will host the Cardinals this Sunday. Cardinals a 13-point favorite coming off of a loss to the Rams this past weekend, which we talked about last week. The Rams needed that win. That was a must-win. Uh, Lions 1-11. We know. I, I don't even think we need to throw out the uh, what's going to happen in this football game. I think it's going to be a murder. We'll move on to the. No, no, no. It's obvious that the Detroit Lions are going to win this game. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going with Arizona in this game because I have Kyler Murray. Uh, on my fantasy team that I need to win. I also have DeAndre Swift on the other side of the football for the Lions that I need to have a good game. So I think this is going to be a little bit closer than someone would expect, but the Cardinals are going to win this game. And also, we both agreed with Kyler Murray's ranking on our top 10 list at number 7, so we both agreed that the Cardinals... He'd probably be higher if he didn't miss so many games. Same thing with Russell Wilson as well. Miami Dolphins, another toilet bowl game. 10-point favorite over the New York Jets. Jets 3-10, and 10, Dolphins 6-7. and seven. Dolphins are yeah, we know the how that's going to go. We but the Dolphins gonna are going to win this game. Dolphins Miles Gaskins, guys, remember to pick up Miles Gaskins in your fantasy league. Have your mom or dad sign the permission form, and you will be able to go on the field trip. That is the Miles Gaskins ride. Big NFC East matchup as well this, this Sunday afternoon. The fourth-place Giants host the first-place uh, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys win this game Ooh. single-handedly. Even though the Cowboys are not good, I think they will look good this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the Giants can make anyone look good. And I've got Dallas in this game. Of course, the toad himself, Dak Prescott's going to have a big game. People are going to think he's going to have a good time in the postseason. And they're going to get absolutely clapped in the postseason. Philadelphia Eagles will continue. But the Dallas Cowboys are going to win. Philadelphia Eagles 6-7 and seven, will continue with a big NFC East matchup against the 6-7 and seven Washington football team. Gardner Minshew still a quarterback, I believe, for Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm going to go with Taylor Heineke in this game, yeah, no matter I think what. Is back. No matter who's back at quarterback for the Eagles. I'm going Washington, even though they are a seven point underdog in this game. Now they are, they have been hit hard with that yeah. COVID plague, if you will, of yeah. COVID positive test. The Omnicron has hit the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team. Should have never changed your name, honestly. But I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to defeat the Washington football team this Sunday because of all of the positive COVID cases that have come out of Washington this week. So I've got Philly in this game. I don't care who's at quarterback. I'm pretty sure it's Jalen Hurts. But Minshew's better. We are. We all know that. The stash is back, baby. Talk about battle of quarterbacks uh, with our first 4 o'clock game on Sunday. Teddy Two Gloves will host Joe Burrow, NFL leader in interceptions this year. Uh, the Broncos, a two-and-a-half point favorite. That surprises me. I'm going to go with the Bengals on the road. They're going to win. Obviously, they lost to Marius Thomas last week. That was sad for everybody, and they won big uh, this past weekend. But I think the Bengals go into Denver, and they win convincingly this week against the Denver Broncos. You know... Joe Burrow has not really done good in close games this season. They seem to lose every close game, and I think this is going to be a close game. So I've got the Denver Broncos in this game. I think their defense is going to beat Joe Burrow, maybe make him throw his 15th interception of the season this week. Uh, I just don't think the Bengals are performing well as of recent, and they might not make the playoffs if they keep losing like last week where they lost to the 49ers in overtime. So I've got the Denver Broncos in this game. Speaking of 49ers, uh, Kyle Shanahan... Kind of reunites with the Atlanta Falcons fans this weekend in Santa Clara, California, as the 7-6 49ers take on a surprisingly six-win Atlanta Falcons football team. Some way, somehow, they have six wins. They are not a six-win football team in my mind, but uh, the 49ers are a nine-point favorite. Uh, They'll probably win by two scores in this game. Shanahan is the one that got away, as the one great Katy Perry said. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, they really do miss Kyle Shanahan. I think after that Super Bowl loss, they really should have fired Dan Quinn and promoted Kyle Shanahan to head coach of that franchise. I think they'd be better off than they are right now because him and Matt Ryan were very good together. And Sam Fran might be hosting Matt Ryan as their quarterback next season. If I were to be a betting man, I think I think Matt Ryan's gone. He is way overpaid as a quarterback. He's not an awful quarterback, but I think him reuniting with with Shanahan would be huge 
So I've got San Francisco in this game, of course, because Atlanta is not very good this season. And San Fran just had a huge win against the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. So I've got San Fran winning by two touchdowns, as you said. Seattle hits the road to take on the Rams. They are a seven-point underdog, even after a win this past weekend in Houston. Uh, But the Rams just beat up on the Arizona Cardinals, a two-loss team at the point. Uh, in time in which they played this past weekend. Uh, But the Rams, a seven-point favorite in this game. I think OBJ's out for this game. Several players are out for the Rams. Yeah, maybe even Jalen Ramsey again, Higby. Even at that point, though, Mm -hmm. let's be real. They've got Sean McVay, a head coach. He's a great coach. The Rams win this game. No matter what, no matter who's out, I've got the Rams in this game by 10 or more. You know, the, the term trap game is thrown out a lot when it shouldn't be, but this is a trap game for the Rams. I mean, they just beat up on the Arizona Cardinals without some of their top players. Now they're even further down without OBJ, who scored a touchdown in three straight games, and they're going against a head coach that likes to chew gum. So even though there's no correlation there, I'm going to go with Seattle and Russell Wilson, my number eight quarterback on my list. Uh, I think Seattle's going to win this game against the Los Angeles Rams and maybe push them further back in the playoff race. Uh, and I don't think they're going to have home field advantage if they lose this game. So I've got Seattle winning this game. What I'm going to be calling a trap game, I think Seattle's going to have their best game of the season because they still have a shot at the playoffs if they win out. The Green Bay Packers are coming off of a dominant second-half win over the Chicago Bears this past weekend. They'll play in Baltimore against the Ravens. Just a five-point favorite. I get there on the road, but there's no way that the Ravens keep within five in this game. I've got Green Bay... I'll go maybe like a 38-21 type game, Green Bay over Baltimore. Yeah, it's a battle of the injured foot quarterbacks, and I think Dan Schneider is going to be keying in on this game, the former uh, Nickelodeon executive. So I've got Green Bay in this game just because Aaron Rodgers is such a good quarterback. He is probably my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I think he has the greatest release of all time. I think he's a good personality. I like his opinions. Um, He's on the Pat McAfee Show every single Tuesday. So I've got Aaron Rodgers in this game just based off that. Obviously biased, but Lamar Jackson with an injured toe is going to be a lot like Lamar Jackson five years from now where he can't run, a lot like Michael Vick's career ended because he couldn't throw as well as people thought. Um, So I've got the Green Bay Packers in this game against the Baltimore Ravens, regardless if Lamar plays or not. But if Lamar plays, I don't think they're going to be at their full capacity. Again, a lightning round here on the Chris Mathis podcast. Our final pick, Minnesota at Chicago on Monday Night Football. It's going to be very cold there at Soldier Field. Minnesota used to playing indoors. I don't care who's out. Again, we don't really know at the time of this recording. So many more players will test positive before this game on Monday Night Football. Uh, But... The Vikings going to Chicago, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yes, they are a better team. I'm weighing in the atmosphere. I'm weighing in the cold, the chills. Justin Fields is coming off a pretty solid game against Green Bay. I think that the Bears win at home. Pretty solid first half against Green Bay. I think that the Bears win this game against the Vikings on Monday Night Football, even though they are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Vikings 6-7. and seven. Bears, the Bears are 4-9. The Bears improved to 5-9 and nine on Monday Night Football this week. And uh, I'll come back and talk with you guys about that next week. Guaranteed, the Bears get a victory. Ooh, since this is the last game, I'm going to take a deep dive into it for absolutely no reason. So I've got the Minnesota Vikings in this game. Kirk Cousins is having a good season when there is no pressure in his face, a lot like Derek Carr as well. Cousins was in the MVP race a lot like Carr at the beginning of the season, halfway through maybe. But now he's really fallen off. He misses Justin. Je- he miss he miss throws passes to a wide open Justin Jefferson. Often Adam Thielen may not play. Uh, but I've got Minnesota winning this game regardless. I mean, Minnesota's used to playing indoors, but they used to play outdoors back in the day, back in the 60s. So I think... Big correlation yeah, there. Huge. huge. Connect the dots, connect four. This is an operation. I've got the Minnesota Vikings defeating the Chicago Bears, of course, in this game. Justin Fields, he can get away from a sack, but he cannot complete the pass. So I've got Minnesota winning this game against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. I wish this game would be flexed away from Monday Night Football because with school out, I don't have anything else to do on Monday night. But I've got Minnesota winning this game by 14, a big blowout. Uh, Call it a Black Friday sell. Again, that's our lightning round right here. Last week, I went 10-4. Spence went 8-6. So 
take every pick with grain of salt. Realize and recognize that I went correct. ten and four two straight weeks. Can we can, uh, can we continue that this week? We'll find out. But in terms of big news for this upcoming week for you guys, huge. On Tuesday, we will have an interview with Division One quarterback, University of Richmond quarterback Joseph Mancuso, right here on the Chris Mathis podcast. Yep. It'll air Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, right here. Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and it's going to be called Talk To Him Tuesday. I'm excited. As we talk about his college football career and potential NFL career with Joseph Bancuso, Division One NFL quarterback. This is going to be And sick. with that, we will close out the 10th episode of the Chris Mathis Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.